Welcome to Life Camera Action, a lifestyle podcast for filmmakers, writers, and other creatives. I'm your host, Victoria Roop, filmmaker and brand architect, and over the last several years, I've been helping creative entrepreneurs discover their brand voice, design their brand experience, and develop the ultimate creative lifestyle that allows them to live into their passions. Life Camera Action is all about empowering you with best business practices, industry tips, and creative mindsets so that you can accelerate your success in your craft. Today, I'll be interviewing my guest, Annie, about her amazing role as a coming out coach. We'll be talking all about how she helps families and her clients live authentically and true to themselves. Annie M. Henderson is a life coach, counselor, EFT practitioner, and coming out coach for the LGBTQ community and families struggling with their child coming out who need some guidance along the way. So if you want a life filled with success, creativity, and authenticity, then stay tuned. I am so excited to finally meet you. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So one of the things that I'm so excited about is getting to ask you these questions that I have because I firmly believe that what you're doing is actually life-saving work. And I, I just think it's so special. I want more people to know about you and what you do and the brand. And if anybody is feeling like they need help in the areas that we're going to be talking about today, I want them to have you as the go-to. So I'm, I'm so excited to dive into it with you. Ah, oh, thank you. That excites me. You know, because sometimes I am, you know, no spoiler alert, but I'll go into a, a podcast and be like, what side of the fence is this person on? Oh, really? And I get like, I get a little bit into my head of, Hmm. Oh, that's really funny. Have you gone, have you jumped into it where people like disagree with you on the principles of things? So this is fascinating. I was talking to someone and I don't even remember what country it is, Okay, (laughs) but it was, it was uh, across the pond and, um, they afterwards, you know, after we talked and, you know, I thought it was pretty clear, but, um, and of course we're, we're talking about coming out. I don't know if I can tell this story without actually referencing that. (laughs) But afterwards he was like, I think he was thinking I was maybe helping parents and LGBT community fix themselves. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, no, no. (laughs) We're not shoving back in the closet. He was probably in for a surprise then. (laughs) Yeah, and then, I mean, he was a young, he was a younger guy, so it wasn't like, but it was, it was fascinating that that's where his head went. Interesting. Yep. That is not where we're going with that today. <laughs> it shows me that we need to talk about this even more. Yeah. Pro- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, very much on the fence of we want people to live fully, authentically, unapologetically yes. themselves and not feel like they're being shoved into a box and, and, and can't see their fullest potential, right? Like if we're squashing yeah. people and and not giving them permission to be themselves and it's like, well, how are they going to be able to make the difference they're supposed to make in the world and and be in this loving, harmonious space? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Yes. Yeah. We definitely stifle ourselves when we pretend to be something that we're not. Yeah. And I've, I, I forgot what the meme was, but it was, it was a, a picture and it was talking about how there's so, so many of the LGBTQ plus community in acting in theater yes. because we're used to wearing masks. We're used to oh. pretending. 
And I've yeah. never made that correlation and I can see how that would make sense. I have, I grew up, I've grown up in the artsy world. Like I, I like to say that I'm the athlete out of the family because I'm the only one that's played any sport. And I played volleyball for a few years in high school. There you go. Yeah. But the rest of were we, we act, we draw, we paint, we sing, we, I'm a filmmaker. So, it, so we're so artsy, very, very much creative. And my parents are the same way. And, and so I grew up used to being around people who thought different than me and all of that. And then as I got older, because I grew up in a Christian school, and so that was a very controversial subject of, you know, being gay or trans, you know, like, how do you process this, you know? And then as I got older, being engaged in all of these artsy things, I'm like, this is so normal. Like, it's totally normal to to be around somebody who happens to like the same gender or is transgender or, you know, like they're kind of more lucid or whatever. And that, it never bothered me. It never bothered me, but I know how much people, as I grew up, I saw how much people struggled with being okay with it. And so that, I mean, I'm just, I'm so much more passionate about it now because I see how far we have to go to make it more of a safe place for people to just be themselves with this topic and others. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Where I'm so I'm in North Texas. Where are you located? I'm in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, yeah, all over the place. Bible belt. I I grew up oh, in yeah. a tiny, uh, very conservative town, right? North Texas, not the <laughs> We're about an hour north of Dallas. So there's, you know, there's a bigger town kind of close, but yeah, so much of squash those feelings down. And um, lately, oh gosh, are you on TikTok? I am a little bit. There you go. (laughs) What I love and what's very hypocritical of me is that I don't let my daughter have it (laughs) because I know that it can also not be the best. I don't think that's hypocritical. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But as someone trying to reach and talk to the younger or not, not even just the younger, there's people of all ages now on, on TikTok, but there's so many affirming pastors, affirm it, like people just connecting and reaching out and seeing their stories reflected back in, in what they're seeing of themselves. And it's just beautiful. Like that, even if you're in a small town with a bunch of uh, homophobia surrounding you, yeah. you can still connect and you can still reach out. So right. I, I love TikTok for that. Good. Yeah. I, I think, I think TikTok did a really good job. Well, I don't know if it was TikTok or if I guess it was maybe more the users, um, did a really great job of, of creating a community, um, with a bunch of different sectors there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of little niche communities within it, and I I think that that was something that they really got right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you get in there and you know click the stuff you like, then you know yeah, exactly. all the other stuff kind of fades away, and it's and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So how did you know, or how did you discover that you wanted to help people through you know coaching and and working one on one with people and just having conversations um, before you even got into maybe the the niche of the LGBTQ community? Yeah. So I've always loved psychology and all that stuff. I'm sure it comes from just growing up with some um, dysfunction and some uh, parents that weren't necessarily the happiest in their marriage. Um, 
got my bachelor's in psychology, took a big detour into education because as a people pleaser and what was available, I was just (laughs) doing what was convenient and easy and not necessarily what I was called to do. Um, but I loved, like, I loved elementary education. They're just the sweetest (laughs) little kids. They're so pure and, um, powerful at that age, right? You see, you know, little kids, they don't judge each other, right? When they're really little until the parents get into their heads (laughs) and learn to hate. Uh, So after teaching elementary school, I became a school counselor and loved that (laughs) because that's, I got to focus on the counseling part. And if you talk to any educator, there's a lot of counseling that just comes with a job. It's to be everything as a teacher. So I got to focus on just helping the parents and helping the kids and the teachers. Um, And I really enjoyed that. And I just never stopped going to school. So I I got my uh, master's in education and then I got my master's in school counseling and then I got my master's in professional counseling. Oh my gosh. So I I don't think I can trade them in for... (laughs) A doctorate. <laughs> That'd be cool, but no, one day. Um, so I was a licensed professional counselor and did that a little bit, but I would find that when it came to adults putting kids into counseling, there's like this automatic wall that comes up for a lot of them because it's not like some of them, right? If they ask to, for help, that's one right. thing. But if someone like an adult's putting them into it, there's a lot of walls that come up. Yeah, it kind sense. of slows down the process. And then the same thing for adults. I would have some adults kind of just spinning their wheels and t- and rehashing and talking. And when I stepped away from that and into coaching, I found that my clients got much faster results um, because they were focused on the present, not what's wrong with me, right? Uh, not this damaged viewpoint, but how can I use that stuff that happened in the past yeah, as feedback and then adjust and make great things happen in my present and my future. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I'm also an EFT practitioner. Do you know what that is? I am familiar with it in the sense that a lot of people in my circles um, are in that space. Yes. Okay. The woo-woo space. <laughs> well, I won't go as far as say that because I, I think it's so normal and I, I know that I think there are so people normal. that would categorize it as, as such. Yes. Right. <laughs> no. And it just kind of shows how powerful our bodies are. So EFT is tapping. Right. Um, and I use it with all my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, a lot of them are like, this feels a little, a little hokey. <laughs> but then they yeah. do it and they're like, I was just on a... Uh, an EFT session with somebody that had um, in the, for, she actually hopped on to work on some stuff around business and kind of imposter syndrome and fear of showing up and all of that. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, let me see if I can help you. But then before the call, she shared all of this stuff and um, some sciatic pain was some of it. And that's, that's some brutal stuff. Um, And I just worked with someone last week on some sciatica as well. And we were able to, you know, release some of the pain, but there was just also, and most people, if I, if you ask and kind of be curious about what's going on emotionally as well, 
Like when I ask someone, oh, like how long have you had that back pain? Oh, two years ago. What was happening two years ago? Oh, I was in this really horrible relationship that I needed to get out of, but I did. Like there's all these stories because our emotions, right? If we don't deal with them, if we don't release them, they can show up as physical ailments. And the easiest thing where I could probably say it right now, and most of the listeners can be like, yes, if you think of stress where people hold stress is usually in their neck and their shoulders. (laughs) That's like the easiest, coolest thing for me to teach someone to do some EFT on because they have that quick shift and they're like, oh, wow. And then they can start using it in other areas. So whether it's emotional, physical, or thoughts that are kind of stuck in our heads, EFT is excellent. Got it. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I've, I'm pretty familiar with it. I'm learning more and more about it. Um, and I think that you have mentioned that to me before in our in our previous conversations. And I think that's so cool. I could see how it um, goes right hand in hand with with what you do and, and the discussions that you have with people. When did you decide that you wanted to tailor more of what you do to the LGBT community? Okay. So this is actually a funny question because it was actually, I had had some people you know, suggest to me because before this niche, I was in, I'm a mom, right? Mm-hmm. I have a 14 year old. So I was in, and I had, you know, been an educator. So I, you know, ha- had students, 20 students. I had tons of students every year and then like a whole school full. So I felt like I could really help the the moms. So I, I still have a group up called End Mom Guilt <laughs> um, because gosh, mom guilt is brutal. But uh, it wasn't until this year, and it was actually when, you know, there all the pride parades were shut down. Oh. And on my previous podcast, um, the Happy Mama Village, sh- my co-host interviewed me and my coming out story, mm-hmm. and I was very nervous. <laughs> I, yeah, although I'm completely out now, it was still like very vulnerable. Yeah. I cried and got squeaky. <laughs> And I was like, I don't think I'm really going to share this one. (laughs) I'm not going to tell people this one's out, but I ended up doing it. And then I had people, and of course, uh, people don't always comment or like a post. (laughs) They'll read it and take it in. And then they'll go around the back and message you (laughs) and be like, I heard this. And uh, one of it was, one of them was a mom that... Uh, her son had come out. So it was actually parents that were reaching out and they were struggling or they had struggled, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, and we interviewed her. It was really cool. We interviewed her and her son at mm-hmm. separate times just to hear like they're comparing stories because he didn't remember it, but she remembered when he was little and he said, you know, he came out at around five, maybe mm-hmm. five, six, seven. Uh and she said, don't like, don't say that again. No, you're not. Oh. And then, you know, he went on and he became an alcoholic and, you know, was just trying to stuff everything down. Oh, wow. Even, even though he didn't remember that, it latched on. Um, and of course, now he's recovered. He's happy. He just got married. Um, the mom has come full circle and is just so supportive. And um, I love, love sharing those stories. But it's, it's so important because if you think about it, so many of us, and I say us, I, I'm pretty sure I'm a good bit older than you. <laughs> but when I was younger, um, 
and still, and it still happens today in churches, certain churches will say, love the sinner, hate the sin, or, you know, you're going to hell, all of those horrible thoughts. So then of course, these people are going to, in fear, say this to their children, which is so sad and so devastating, not only for that kid, but for the family, right? That'll tear a family apart so fast. And for that individual's uh, relationship with God, if that's something they want, like yeah. oh, so many people. So I, uh, I actually had the opportunity to open a Facebook group with my church pastors. <laughs> uh, I was so excited. So it's LGBT and allies. Oh, got um, it. That's so funny. that, you know, not only is it a safe space, but you can see, and it started off kind of local, but now we have some people, um, in other countries in the group uh, across the nation. I mean, it's still pretty small, but it's very drama free, judgment free, just a yeah. place to get that loving, affirming feeling and information from pastors yeah. and from other moms in the same situation and all the, all the letters. So as you were, uh, diving in more into that niche and we're tailoring more of your, your products and services to that. And then it sounds like bringing even more people on your journey with you. Did you receive any sort of backlash from, um, people in your inner circle or friends, or maybe even people that didn't know that you were out yet, possibly like, what, how did people react to that? So here's the funny thing. And I, and this is something I recommend to, everyone I talk to, but especially clients is online, right? Your space is your space. Um, And I just posted something about like, don't let someone walk around your mind with muddy boots on. (laughs) Same with your heart, right? Don't let people live rent free. And social media, right? Who cares if you're friends with some, you can still be family, right? You can still see those people once a year at Christmas, (laughs) whatever it is. But if they are not being respectful, right? If that's something, that's like keeping a bully in your life. If someone's saying hurtful, harmful things, it's not a, it's not a good idea, right? We wouldn't want that for our kids or our best friend. We would be like, no, block that person. Right. But it's so hard for us to keep those same boundaries for ourselves. Um, so it's funny you ask. I, like I said, um, and it's not like I've had to block a bunch of people at all. I, they've just the right people, right? Especially when you're you're living your your truth and you have this peace about you. I feel like I've just attracted the That's right cool. people. And I did. Uh, it's not like I blocked them necessarily to get me to be mean, but I was like, yeah. I need those. Like those are two spaces that someone else that needs to find me <laughs> needs to. Like I need. Some, space yeah. for more friends on, on Facebook. So it was family actually. And one of them was like, you need to read your Bible. Oh, and I was like, yeah. Oh, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye-bye. And I actually, I was like, I actually have a great pastor. Like if you want to ask them questions, but you know, that's not what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I growing up in a, in a Christian school, there that was such a secret. And I knew people that I had a sense that, that they were thinking about that type of stuff. And like, am am I gay? Am I, am I in the right body? Like, you know, they're like thinking through and processing how they're feeling about their life experience. And 
there are, I think, a, a handful of us that saw that and felt that. And once they left the Christian school, you know, once we graduated and all of that, it was cool to see them finally get the permission, just being out in the, you know, real yes. world, quote unquote, um, to to be themselves. And it was cool to watch to watch that journey. And I was friends with them too. So um I never, you know, push them into anything or anything like that. But <laughs> but I it was cool to be able to see that evolution and all. And then there were the people who were like, no, all gays go to hell. And I'm like, I've never, I've never believed that ever. Good. Yes. Um, and I, I definitely am not someone who's, I guess, a scholar in the biblical text. Um, but that's never felt, that's never felt right to me. That never felt, you know, be- believing in God. That's to me is like, that's believing in, in love. It's, it's a source of love. And why the heck would a God that's so loving damn his people to hell because they love someone else who happens to have a similar anatomy. And that just, that just seems so frivolous and so simple to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, And gosh, so for parents, I think it's fear. Like my mom will still be like, be careful. Be careful what you put out there. But of course, she's not on any social media. Got it. <laughs> she, cannot, she cannot handle it. But she still has that fear. And sometimes that's what it is, right? Um, there's there's just that fear of what can happen to you. So it's it's almost like there's stages of coming out for parents, right? There's yeah. the there's the morning uh, of, or actually there's that denial of no, no, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though there's tons of signs along the way, right? We love asking my mom now, like, (laughs) you remember uh, when my brothers were getting like a burr or a spike and I asked for one too? (laughs) And it's stuff that I must have shoved down so far because I didn't even really figure it out until I was in my 20s. But my partner, Sam, knew when she was five. Oh, really? So it's so interesting. and And it's sad and fascinating that within the LGBTQ plus community that, um, and maybe it's older ones. I don't know, but there've been some people that like myself, I was married to a man for seven years and I haven't heard this. No one said this to me, but there was, uh, some people that it came into the group. This, um, it's a, it's called later in life lesbians. <laughs> it's a really great group, but it's a lot of people like me that just shoved everything down and was being a people pleaser and being a good girl and doing the right thing. And now they're like, okay, this is, this is not it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm drowning and I've lost myself and they've had other lesbians tell them, well, you're not really a lesbian because you've been with a guy before. <laughs> And just, isn't that bizarre? That is really kind of weird. Like, no, no, no. We don't that want this even in this to me. Yeah. I, I know. But anyway, so sad. So sad. So there's some, yeah. we've been in, infiltrated by some ignorance, but yeah, yes, always. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. But yeah, it's, it's, everything's come so far. Like if I try to look back 10 years in my own life, when I was like, you know, scared that I would get fired from my job um, scared to like, couldn't find a church. Um, and of course, luckily we we have one now and it's, and it's amazing. And, um, 
it's just, I love that we're basically kind of gathering resources for if someone comes out and their parents are like, oh, just really struggling in their head to have other parents to reach out to, mm-hmm. a pastor that can explain like, oh, these verses, this is why, you know, sorry yes. that you were fed this information and you were made to think that your kid wasn't worthy. Um, books, videos. Have you heard about, I think it's going to be a documentary called 1946. I don't think so. So that's what it's called. And I don't know when it comes out, but it's about 1946 was apparently the first year that the word homosexual was in a Bible. Oh, oh, that's going to be greatness when that comes out. I will be one of the first people to watch that. I I think that's so fascinating. Tell me this. You might know this off the top of your head. It might be something that um, has not been discussed before. The way I have, or what my understanding now um, from growing up in a Christian school and, you know, taking the liberty to explore what other literature is out there in order to come to my personal beliefs, um, through that, I have found that it said that originally in the biblical text, um, homosexuality was not referring to, to consensual adults. It was referring to pedophilia and within the church, which mm-hmm. to me makes so much sense as to why the church would want to squash that considering or not, not squash that to, to change the way it's applied in, in modern day times because of how prevalent of an issue that was. And I'm sure you know that makes churches look bad. So to save face, it sounds like the definition changed more into what we now today call homosexuality. Do you, is that accurate from, from your experience? Are you familiar with that? That is where I pass the buck over to the pastors (laughs) in the LGBT and allies group. And there's, oh gosh, like I said, TikTok, there's so many amazing pastors on there that will like go over all of this stuff. I I love it. Um, But yeah, for anybody that wants to come and ask a group of affirming pastors some questions, they will. Oh, and uh, recently, sorry, I'm all over the place. No, I get fine. really excited and passionate about this. Our church had um, a community conversations where the whole community was invited in. And then we had a panel of experts where it's professors and pastors. And the first community conversation was on racism. And then the this last one was on human sexuality. And it was Wonderful. It was. I I thought I thought it would be a little more two sided, but it was pretty much one sided. And no, like this is not what the Bible says. And it was just so good, so good. That's interesting. Yeah, I I like when people dare to have those conversations, especially if they do come from a conservative background. And to me, it's like, if why would you not want to look at the other side? so that you can really know what you believe. You know what I mean? It doesn't, I don't, I know so many people that feel comforted by being spoon fed their beliefs and never challenging them. And to me, that's like being a baby and only drinking milk and like, oh, well, milk's my, milk's my favorite food. It gives me everything I need. (laughs) But then you've never had like bananas or sweet potatoes. And then you come to find out like, oh, those are pizza. Like (laughs) that's really great too. And maybe that's my new favorite food. And it's, it's interesting how, many belief limitations are are so self-imposed, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you read, um, have you read the four agreements before? I'm very familiar with it. It's on my list and I have not, I've only read like synopsis. And actually I listened to your podcast discussing it. <laughs> yes. It just needs to skip to the top of your line. Look, it's, Got it's it. so short. Uh, but that's, yeah, obviously that's one that I recommend to all my clients. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so good. Um, I know adults that have not agreed to any of those four and they're still struggling. That's a book also that I've read with my daughter because I know how important it is and that kids, we you know, they will latch onto these things just from the very beginning. So yeah. that's a book. Yes. Recommend right. doing that to everybody. <laughs> What is a common misconception that you think people have around either the LGBTQ community or what you do or how you interact with them? What What do you think that would be for people? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't think I've had any of those. Is there something uh, that you think people maybe assume before they either start working with you or maybe you know even what? before they become an ally? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of working with me... Uh, and this is just from, you know, talking to some of my clients. And and I will share that not all my clients are LGBTQ. Right. I mean, some are, some are that, some are allies, and some have nothing to do with that. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's always that fear and nervousness and anxiety about talking to someone and opening yourself up and being vulnerable. And so there's just that and letting everyone know that that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It takes courage to reach out and to want to get better and to, like you said, question things Mm -hmm. that don't quite make sense because we grow up with all of these expectations and um, roles that are kind of force fed to us. And it's it's so eye-opening and beautiful when we actually get to start being our authentic selves. And when we give ourselves permission to be authentic, we give those around us also permission. They start to see us grow and be happy from the inside out, right? It's not the artificial Instagram stuff you might see, but there's just a, maybe a consistency to it. That's just natural and beautiful. Um, but no, I'm, I I don't have a lot for you on that question. No, that's Sorry. fine. No, that's fine. I mean, I I am heterosexual. I'm, I'm married to a guy and I'm surrounded by, I mean, one of my clients is a, I have a, a relative that's pansexual, relative that's bisexual. I have a client who is polyamorous and and with both genders and so I'm I'm surrounded by it and I, I feel like I can have a fairly intelligent conversation about it uh, without being someone I guess directly in the community um, but I can assume that someone else could assume that maybe working with somebody uh, who would be like you like coaching them through it and and having the conversations around it um, would be a fear of theirs could be that they would have to talk like in like graphic detail about like the thoughts that they have or people that they've been with or, or something like that. And maybe that it would feel um, kind of invasive, I guess, kind of what you would think about when you, when you are expecting that you're going to talk to like a therapist or something like to dish it all out. Right. Right. No. And I mean, some people 
might feel like they need to do that. I want to to share, but yeah. And that's, that's what I love about coaching is right. We can take maybe some thoughts and beliefs around. So maybe if it was a certain situation or relationship, instead of rehashing it all, maybe you can take, you know what, I'm feeling shame. Maybe it's just pieces that are thoughts or beliefs or feelings that came from that situation. And what are we, what have we learned from that situation? Are there patterns to look for? So yeah, no, there's, there's not, uh, there's no requirements on how much to share. Uh, it's, um, and of course, right. Just like with counseling, there's some confidentiality and, uh, so before I, (laughs) I'm taking, I'm taking this over. <laughs> That's it. okay, Victoria. Yeah. Um, so when you were saying allies earlier, it made me think of this and this is the, this is my tip for allies. Yeah. Um, and my request is that you share and you make it known that you are an ally because we, we don't know. <laughs> I had, right. uh, you know, I've had a cousin that you know, I just basically assumed, (laughs) I made some assumptions and assumed that she was not one. No good reason. We just haven't had that close of a relationship. So I just assumed that she was not a safe person. And I had posted something and she uh, responded and it just, oh, it got me because it was just the sweetest. Yes, we have like, we support our LGBTQ, just all of it. But I was like, I wish I had known this for so long. So my thoughts are that as allies, you know, the best thing you can do is go out there and, uh, you know, it can be scary, right? Well, what if someone thinks I'm, <laughs> I mean, hopefully that's not even the concern, but like yeah. someone might assume, or I might, I might offend someone or my mom will get mad. <laughs> so here's what I always ask. Would you, is it more important to feel comfortable or is it more important to save a life? Yes. Because sometimes it can be that critical that, you know, it's, you always hear all these amazing stories of, I saw that, or I, someone knocked up on one of my podcasts, someone knocked at my door right as I was about to commit suicide, Mm. or I got a message or I got a phone call right at the right time. Yeah. So you never know who's going to see that post. Right. And if, you know, if I see Victoria post something and I've always been, you know, had the feeling that I want to say that I'm an ally and then I see her do it, that makes me feel like I'm not alone and that yeah. I can share as well. So you're giving permission to so All many parties. people. Yeah. yeah. And you're letting people know that you're a safe person, that they can reach out to you and talk to you. Just like my my podcast, those people, even though I've you know shared stuff about my life, they had never reached out to me before until that podcast. And then they knew more about my story and they could reach out and talk to me. Yeah. So that's my, that's my ally request. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's super important. Um, I think for, I think it's cool and it's good to, uh, not judge people and and accept people who they are internally. (laughs) And I think it's more influential and expansive and effective to do so a bit more publicly and, and show more than, you know, the person you're having a conversation with that that you are a safe place and and all of that. And with that, this has never occurred to me until just now. And I wanted to ask you this. Um, is calling yourself straight offensive? 
Because as I said it, I was like, that feels. I'm straight. I'm straight. <laughs> well, no, not like that, but just just more of like the the languaging. To, to me, straight implies like right or correct. And it's never sounded that way until I just said it. And that feels like naturally, that means if you're not straight, you're like crooked. Or so I'm all Which of a sudden, I'm like straight doesn't sound like a very... I'll have to I'll ask, I'll ask my group. I've never taken that personally, okay. right? I've never, yeah. but yeah, I mean, if if you want some options, you could say you're straight or you could say you're an ally. Okay. Oh, I'm an ally. Got it. Got it. <laughs> of course, that can, you know, we can all be allies for each other. So yeah, who knows? yeah just as I said it, I was like, that sounds like, it's kind of like, um, like, uh, like, yeah, where did straight come from? Yeah, well, it's like if, if you're talking about like a disabled community or something like that, and then you call yourself normal, it's like, okay, well, that implies that they're not normal. And so that feels offensive. And all of a sudden, as I said straight, it was like, that kind of feels like maybe that wouldn't land too well with everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, the straight and narrow. Mm. Yeah. Is yeah. that where that comes from? I, I don't, don't even think I fully know. Yeah. Okay. Just throw it out into there. that. We'll just, dig into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm curious, you know, I, I want, again, just the, the power of inclusion. want to make sure people feel good and yes. heard. And, yeah. Um, so you work with, tell me what the person, like your avatar maybe, um, where are they typically in their journey before they start working with you? Is it an individual who is questioning if, if they want to come out to their family or is it someone who's like, I want to come out and I just need help? Or is it more um, like the, the family members and friends who are like, Hey, I know this person wants to come out and they don't know how, like, where do you typically find your avatar being on their journey? Gosh. Uh, so like my current clients, I have all of those. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I have some teenagers with some homophobic parents. Mm-hmm. So they, might've come to me for anxiety, right? And gosh, this is what I, I hate for the the young ones is that they, they don't really have choices, right? There's, there's right. have their family. And if there's someone in the family that makes those comments, that's just so hard. So, you know, if, if someone's hearing this and they're like, you know, I can't come out if your parents will let you get coaching or counseling, at least you have someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just, that's so tough. Um, And then I have, uh, I have clients that are parents who their kids came out and maybe they're struggling. And then of course, now these parents are going to have to break it to the grandparents. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. So that, that was something someone reached out to me for, uh, I have, you know, a client that's, I believe, in her 60s. And uh, she has, she's out to some people. You know, there's a little bit there, but she has other stuff she needs to work on first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of self-love. There's self-talk. There's all of that stuff that also needs to be remedied, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can out yourself if you're not ready Right. Emotionally, if you are still people pleasing, right? I, when I came out, I was still a people pleaser and I jumped right into a toxic relationship. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I had to, you know, I had to learn and heal and look at my own patterns and see that, oh, I'm doing the same exact thing. I, 
life isn't instantly better just because I I came out. Mm -hmm. And it's important to let everyone know there's, you know, if, if, if we work together, I'm not, I don't kick you out of the closet. I don't give you a timeline <laughs> where you're like, all right, you got three days. Yeah. How does that process look? I mean, do you help, do you have like a family sit down or do you coach them? And you're kind of like the, they're like Jiminy Cricket where you're kind of like in their ear, like saying, okay, okay, cool. Here's how you handle this. And if they come back with this response, this is what you do. And, uh, so it's, it's, I mentioned the EFT earlier mm-hmm. with the with the tapping, which you know has to do with your calming your nervous system and your amygdala and the, all, releasing some emotions. So you know we use that a lot. Uh, just depending on this situation, I haven't had any sit down and talks. I haven't had any of those. Um, the one that I mentioned earlier, that's not a situation like that. I I have recently set it up to where I would coach both, like alternate. Um, and just so I can, you know, hear what's on their mind and, and talk to them just about their parenting. So, you know, even before we get to some of these issues, if, if there's work to do on parenting itself, then, then that, that needs to be addressed. So it's all just individual, right? If you come and you need to work on some healing first and, your own self-worth, then, then that will come first. Yeah. Right. So it, it's, there's, there's no rush to it. There's no right or wrong. I know everyone gets really excited when, when we talk about coming out of the closet, we want everyone to come out, but for some people that's so scary Yeah, and they're just not ready. And that's, and that's fine. Um, so I have some that are out, some are in the process. I have some clients that are still, married to a man and they're just oh wow again that later in life they've they're just have been in a relationship and that people pleasing and they're to a place where they're finally ready to see if they could live their life and they're just struggling with like I, I know I keep saying people pleasing but that's a doozy. No, it is <laughs> a doozy. And, yeah. and not not just for my myself and the LGBT community, but at, like so many people. Yeah. So many people. Yeah. I call myself a lot a recovering people pleaser. That's me. Yes. 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 That's something that if you are a people pleaser, odds are you learned it when you were really, really young. So it's very hard to unlearn, which is something that we'll be talking about in a handful of minutes. But uh, yeah, I I agree. Do you find that whether it's with your clients or, or just in general, that the families of someone who's coming out and who's really nervous to tell them are often more accepting or not accepting. Whew. So that just depends on location. Okay. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, because we have a lot of people in the group that I mentioned with just some really, really sad stories. And I feel like it's come a long way, right? A lot of kids that are coming out now have some really affirming families and we see it on like TikTok and videos of people coming out and the parents yeah. are like, Oh, I lo- we're like, I what? Videos. Yeah. <laughs> All the older generations are like, I want to redo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it just depends. So, but the, of course there's still people like, like that client I mentioned that her, her parents are homophobic. And it, what's interesting is, oh, gosh, it reminds I hate to go down this road, but it reminds me of the racism talk when people are like, I'm not racist, but that's 
if it was, are you racist? Yes or no. Instead of like the spectrum of racism Yeah. where, okay. Okay. We're all on here somewhere. Just how, how far are you in the middle, the right, the left, same thing with homophobia. I'm sure the parents would say, no, I'm like, that's not us. Oh, yeah. oh, but you are, <laughs> but you are. So some of that is just, gosh, reaching out and, and listening and, you know, your one pastor that raised you might not be the right pastor. Like be open and listen to, listen to others perspectives. And like I said, that 1946, I'm going to be plastering that everywhere. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. I'm going to look into that. Um, because I, I mean, that's been part of, I guess it's been part of my LGBTQ journey is really um, figuring out that foundation of what I was taught, what I never quite felt settled with, and then kind of that unlearning process of Mm -hmm. um, figuring out, you know, where did this really come from? You know, where, what did this mean in the original text and who wrote it and what was their agenda? And, you know, I mean, so I'm, I'm very interested in that. So I'll be checking into that afterwards um, as well. Um, what you do is is so important. And I know that it would take a lot of courage for people to say like, yes, I'm ready. So if there's a listener who is feeling like kind of like they're right on the brink of that, maybe something's been stirring inside of them. And this is kind of like their sign that, you know, that there is not only a community for them, but you specifically as an advocate, someone who's who's going to be there for them. And and talk through things with them and be that safe place, what would be something that you would say to them right now? If they're, if they're tuning in and they're like, I, this might be my next step. Mm, I would say, so I do, I do have just personally the, a free consultation call. So if you're just, I mean, even if it's just calling and getting to talk to someone that's going to listen and not share your stuff for an hour, that can be so healing itself, right? Just getting to talk and to share to somebody that's affirming. Um, like you said, jump in, jump into the LGBT and allies group that to have all of these young and older people alike to love on you and support you and welcome you can be transformative just in that alone as well. Right. And, um, just, you don't have to do it alone. And like I said, there's a Facebook group for everything. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) There's LGBTQ parents. There's, uh, the later in life lesbians. There's so many, there's, I think there's a Christian LGBT group. Anyway, check it out. Some, some are better than others, but reach out to me. I, I promise I am harmless. (laughs) Um, and would would love to get to know you and see how I can help. And, you know, if you need to come and check me out on Facebook, uh, Annie M. Henderson, you can just kind of creep and spy from a distance, <laughs> a safe distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stalk me. And then, you know, once you feel safe enough to say hi, <laughs> just reach out because um, I would love, I would love to connect. This is definitely something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, just on the business side of things, I like that you brand yourself as also a life coach, not just a coming out coach, because I think that makes, and I'm sure you already know this, that positioning makes you so much more approachable for, especially if there's a 
kid who wants to talk to you and then they've got to bring up that conversation to the parent, you having the branding being around a, a life coach and not just a coming out coach, I think gives them that option on how to get into your world without it being super abrupt to the parents and being able to still receive That's a the good help. point. I've actually never thought about that. I'm, I'm yeah. a branding person. I'm a marketing person. I, I love that. I, so I didn't know if you ever thought about that before, but the way, yeah, I just, I think that positioning is so advantageous. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that can, that can be scary. Yeah. I mean, especially if, if they do have a family that would not be accepting of any of the above, having, um, rather than saying like, oh, you know, I want to talk to Annie. She's a coming out coach. They could simply say like, oh, she's, she's a life coach or counselor. And, and I, I think having that option readily available on just how to language it and position it, I think is whether you meant to do it or not, it's genius. So keep doing it. I mean, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Subconsciously, you meant to do it. You, you did exactly what you were supposed to do. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> so um, as we're wrapping up, one of one of the last discussion questions I have for you is um, because of how life-changing this work is for people, I'm sure you've been impacted by people's stories in, in many ways. Um, so how has being a character in someone else's story um, and being an observer of how their story is unfolding, how has that impacted your life? Gosh, it's, it's, it's just been beautiful and it, and it just motivates me, right. And inspires me to, to keep doing it. Right. I, so as, you know, as a life coach or a counselor or anyone starting out a new business, there's that period where you're like, Oh, this is like, this might not work. I don't know if I can help anybody. So when you start seeing people's lives, their lives changing and, uh, evolving, even if, uh, like the one I mentioned, who is going to talk to her, her own parents, the grandparents, you know, before she even had that conversation, she just was changing on the inside at such a rapid pace. Like the transformation was just so exciting. So even though it wasn't happening to me, I was so pumped for her. So just to see that happen and knowing how it was going to affect all the people around her, right. right? You're not just affecting one person, right? It's their family or their friends or people that now that they feel empowered and are living authentically, people are going to notice yeah. and start to adjust and change and learn from them. So yeah. I, I just love it. That's probably, yeah, extremely validating and probably really, really affirming that you're right where you're supposed to be in life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So two last questions for you. What right now in life are you currently learning? Hmm. I am learning to... So... I, I don't think I mentioned this before, but when I decided to be a coming out coach, I, I was resistant for a long time because I was like, I'm only an L. Got it. I'm like, I don't know if I can help. I don't know. But if we think about just similar situations and being able to reach out and help someone that has been in a situation, even though it's not exact, right? We can still help others. And that goes for everybody listening, right? your situation, you can help somebody. You don't have to help them get to from A to Z. You could be A to B or A to A point two. <laughs> and just, uh, so that's, that's what it is. And it's just, there's always something to learn. Yeah. Always. A hundred percent. 
So I'm a firm believer in the process of unlearning is just as important as learning. Yes. So what is something that you're currently unlearning right now? Whew, uh, you know, all the, and I feel like, you know, it's been a process. It's not like right now, right now, but yes. it's still happening. Like I, I keep mentioning the 1946. So all of the religious background, I was, gosh, I was raised Catholic and then when I was dating my future husband, we were Pentecostal, like all we've, we've done all of them, yeah. <laughs> we've done all of them. And they've all been pretty consistent about it not being okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I was younger and I remember even my friends, like not too long ago, they would, when everyone would say, oh, that's so gay. Like, oh, that's so gay. Remember that? No, nope, yeah, it was just I something do. that everyone said. Like, I'm pretty sure I said too at some point. Until finally, we're like, wait, what is happening? So, just unlearning any kind of habit. The the I'm sorry that people pleasers do that yep. just is a habit, and yep. you say it way too much. That's something that I've tackled. I think I still said one as soon as we got on today, and I was like. Oh. <laughs> But that's yeah. a great habit to unlearn. I know I'm I'm definitely still in, in the process of that one because yeah, it, it's it, it's a lot less intentional than it is habitual. And so if it's just a natural filler phrase that you use, it, it's hard to get rid of. Right. It was probably I'm sorry, and now it's um for me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh! As I've been doing my podcast, I'm finding more and more when I go into the editing room all of the things I love to say. And don't catch myself in the moment, especially if I'm having a conversation with somebody, I'm really into it. It's even that much easier to let those things go under the radar. And I just go back and edit it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh God. <laughs> that should be on your podcast application. Like, do you say, um, more than five times? Yes. Yeah. I, I, at that point, I don't know if I'd be able to have anybody on. I feel like so many people, maybe the <laughs> professional speakers in my world, they might have that down pat where there's just no such thing as everyone that went to Toastmasters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having these conversations. These have been things that um, I've been preparing to ask you as, as we've been talking and things that I have been learning myself and, and wanted to be able to have a conversation with somebody else who gets it so that this message can be out there even more. Um, and I, part of me kind of likes the controversial side of it, especially from my <laughs> background. I'm not going to lie. I like being out there a little bit and being a little bit more daring, but I think it's for a really good cause. I, I Again, I, I think that what you do is just so, it's life-saving. And I just having somebody out there that you know that you can go and talk to and and just confide in and have somebody who's like, hey, you're not alone. I've been there. I've done that. I, I understand. And in fact, I have a whole community of people who understand. I think just even the thought of that, even if someone doesn't engage with you, they just, just knowing that you're there out in the universe, yes. I think it's so comforting. So I just, I appreciate what you're doing. I love that you're on here today. It was so <laughs> great to meet you. I'm so excited to play even further with you. Um, so how can people, if they want to check out more about you and your world, how can they engage with you? Yeah. So my website is Annie M, like Marie, AnnieMHenderson.com. And from there, you can find the link to the Facebook group. So you don't have to memorize all of these yep. things. You can find a link if you want to do a, a one-on-one the free consultation. So there's plenty of stuff. And then uh, I have a coming out uh, loved and supported podcast. 
So all those links are there, AnnieMHenderson.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. It was a blast. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You are too. <laughs> As we come to a close, I want to go over our remember, research, and challenge for the week. Remember, you have permission to live fully and authentically yourself with no apologies given. Surround yourself with people who celebrate you for who you are and who treasure being on your journey with you. Research. How can you become a safe place for others, whether it's for the LGBTQ community or simply someone who is having a rough day? And challenge. If you're struggling, reach out for help. Not everyone will understand and someone will. So if that's you, find a group, professional, or trusted loved one to confide in. And don't forget to be that person for someone else. Thank you so much for tuning in. My goal for this podcast is to share what I believe is a really important resource and also encourage you to be exactly who you're meant to be. To stay connected, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Life Camera Action Show and let me know how this helped you. If you have any questions or feedback, and if you'd like to explore how you can grow your creative brand, then go ahead and message me there or schedule some time at victoriaroof.com. And as always, as you build your empire, just remember, you can lead a life of fear or you can lead a life of love. So allow every decision you make to be made with love. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.